The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To the house, This is unbelievable. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. I'm Chip Patterson. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. And you're like, wait a second. I just got done listening to your Week 10 Instant Reaction. Well, uh, on the Week 10 Instant Reaction, we tried to circle when we thought that Willie Taggart's tenure at Florida State might come to an end. Barton, I believe you said what? About 2 p.m. Central Time uh, in the Boston College game, right? Yeah, we're ahead of schedule here, aren't we? We are way ahead of schedule. As Florida State makes an official announcement that um, the the contract of Willie Taggart is being terminated. They have decided to move on. I thought it was interesting. We've got not necessarily even a, a parting of ways. The, uh, the official statement goes as such from Athletic Director David Coburn. I spoke to Coach Taggart this afternoon to let him know of our decision. I met with the team and the coaches immediately after that, and after that conversation, let them know the change. It was very important to us that the student-athletes know right away. I think very highly of Coach Taggart and wish him well, but in the interest of the university, we had no choice but to make a change. And that's what brings us here uh, for this emergency edition of the podcast because, uh, you know, I... I was I had already called the emergency podcast because Syracuse decided to fire defensive coordinator Brian Ward, but Willie Taggart takes priority here. Um, how I put twenty <laughs> minutes of notes into Ward's dismissal, and now <laughs> you're just throwing Taggart at me. I'm not prepared for this. Barton, were you prepared for this? I mean, I, I when Newberg and the boys at Knowles two four seven after the wake game started. Uh, sending out some smoke signals that this this thing might actually end in year two. Uh, it, it got real. Uh, clearly, this this was a realistic scenario. But and and I guess it was a, another ugly loss. I just I mean just the financials are so big. I, I am still a little bit taken aback that they made this move. And, and I do believe, and I'm typically not. I typically don't skew significantly towards the 
you know, poor old coaches give old give these old coaches a chance. But I do typically think like three years is kind of a prerequisite. Um, but that said, look, it, it sounds like according to Mark Slabach, they 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 procured twenty million dollars in private donations to to buy this thing out. And hey, if 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 the if the thirst is that real, uh, I mean, it certainly didn't look like it was it was changing. Th- things were were getting better anytime soon. Man, I need to be that rich one day, where I could just be like, "Oh, it costs how much to fire our college football coach? Let me let me write you a check. Here's twenty million dollars. Go get me somebody good, boys." That's how we get uh, Illinois head coach, who. Mike Gundy, uh, Tom Tom, Tom Fernelli, If I have that kind of money, <laughs> yeah. I just I well when we, well, we can get into some of the politics of that later. I mean, Tom, do you think that Willie Taggart was given a fair shake here? Uh no, I don't think that anytime you fire a coach in the middle of year two, that coach has gotten a fair shake, unless you know it's for reasons that have anything to do with you know not coaching the football team. But it's just. You look at the situation at Tallahassee. I mean, this is a rebuild. And obviously, Florida State does not have the patience for the rebuild because the offensive line situation that Taggart inherited is not something that gets fixed in 18 months. The quarterback situation where, Barton, have they had a quarterback in either of their last two recruiting classes? No, their the quarterback recruiting is like is, is absurd. It is uh, malpractice. Yeah, and some of that's on Taggart because he's been the head coach for you know a lot of that those recruiting cycles. But it's a situation where you were going to need time. It's not like he was going to step in, change this offense a little bit, scheme things up, and all of a sudden we're talking 10-11 win Seminoles teams competing with Clemson. There's still work to do. That said, if I'm a Florida State fan, based on what I've seen – while the offensive line still has a long way to go, I haven't really seen progression anywhere else yet either. I mean, Cam Akers is awesome. Everything else on that offense, save for a couple of the receivers, is still pretty subpar. And it feels like week in and week out when you watch this team, it's the same problems every single game. So there's something to be said where, do I think he got a fair shake? No. But do I think that sometimes you are just as right pulling the plug early and you're better off pulling it early than you would be of waiting too long? This could be one of those instances because there really hasn't been those landmark spots where you see, okay, we're moving forward. Florida State was very excited to hire Willie Taggart, right? Very excited. And that hire was made by athletic director Stan Wilcox, who left... I guess right before Willie Taggart's first year started to go take a job with the NCAA. David Coburn, who made this decision to move on and apparently is an incredible fundraiser among the uh, the wealthy boosters, <laughs> if these reports are to be believed. No, this is, this is him. He inherited Willie Taggart. And Willie Taggart was really, really excited to come take a job for the program that he grew up rooting for. Is it possible to look at this scenario and just think that both sides in you know late 2017 after Jimbo had burned them and really hurt their feelings it's like Willie Taggart was a rebound and 
like a lot of rebounds, it just it, it maybe never had the lasting power because everyone was rushing into it without actually addressing some of the uh, issues that were lying beneath the surface in Tallahassee. Because we've we you know there's been reporting from Andy Staples that's been very good and elsewhere, and we've been able to gather this picture of a disconnection between all the major. Uh, power brokers within the Florida State University community, within the Florida State booster community, within the Florida State athletics community, and with the head football coach. It's one of the reasons why Jimbo left. And there was at least a push to think that Willie Taggart, with some of his you know homegrown sensibilities, was going to be able to align all that. We saw as early as this season it didn't even seem like things were aligned on the coaching staff, much less from the football program to the athletics department to the university community as a whole. So when we see um, that that connection not being made with the fan base, when we see the poor attendance, when we see James Blackman on his back with his hands to the sky as his offensive linemen are walking away from him, I, I, don't, um, I don't have any... I don't have any like bad or I don't have any animosity towards Florida state. And I don't think that Florida state is wrong for making this decision because when the university president says, you know, we had to do what's best for the university. I do agree that even if though this is a rebuild that is going to take more time, I, I can see that maybe the all of the decision-making, Willie Taggart rushing to Florida State, Florida State rushing to Willie Taggart, maybe that is going to be the, the thing that we circle back to later with some time to review and that all of that was done very hastily with sort of a pie-in-the-sky vision of what could happen as though it was going to be a quick fix. I, I, I think it just – I think that Willie Taggart just seemed – like such a good fit that and because it was it was almost as if they didn't even care that Jimbo was leaving and then look that might have ran his course regardless of of Willie Taggart being out there but there was a very strong buzz that Florida State was already thinking two steps ahead oh Jimbo you gonna leave Texas well, Texas A&M can take him we're gonna go get yeah. Willie Taggart we got Willie I mean, and it was just a, it was almost a foregone conclusion. Okay, Jimbo's gone. All right, Willie Taggart. And, you know, with him being Florida native, a Florida State fan, having success to South Florida, I, I, I just wonder if there was a little bit of autopilot in the, the, the vetting of, of just what his coaching chops were. Um, you know, he had four offensive coordinators in four years at, at South Florida. Uh, he had, uh, I mean, he had a quarterback that was dominant. That could that can that can hide a lot of things. That can um, that that can cure a lot of ills when you got a good quarterback. And and uh, and and he only had one year to. Uh, granted, there was improvement from the four and eight season he inherited at Oregon, but there was only one year of uh, body of work there. And I just think. There was absolutely an overconfidence that Willie Taggart was at home run higher and uh, probably outside of the Florida State community as well, but but certainly within it. And uh, there just has never been a moment, not from the opening press conference, not from the first game. There has been zero moment of like, this is going to be awesome with Willie Taggart. Just never got off the ground. 
Yeah, so that's the thing, Chip. You call it like a rebound hire, but usually rebounds are at least fun for a few weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this never was. No. Yeah. Do you think that if Willie Taggart had had the rest of the season, he could have gotten this team to a bowl game? No. Well, I mean, if he beat, he would, you're basically asking if he would have beaten um, Boston College, right? I guess so, because then because five would have been Alabama State. So yeah, they would have just needed six from Boston College. They're not yeah, even going mean, to get still, to that. It was it was possible. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think they could have beaten Boston College. Certainly, they 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 still might. Uh, but I I really think it's more about look the the way it beat ULM the the way it lost to Wake the the way it's collapsed to with a default home game against Boise State I mean I I think it's less about that it lost more about how it lost more about where you know what is this it just it has never looked competent. It always looked like Florida State was the less prepared of the two teams on the field. And now Willie Taggart has about $17 million to, uh, you know, spend some time as an analyst somewhere, go shadow some coaches, and, you know... Will Willie Taggart go to the Nick Saban finishing school for coaches? Oh, no. Do you know where I think Willie Taggart is? Michigan. Mm. Let's join the Army up there. Cause is it, he's a no, that's right. That's his boy. Yeah, he played for Harbaugh. Uh, he played for Jack, Jack Harbaugh. At yeah, while well, Jim was Western like on Kentucky. staff, though I think in some capacity. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then maybe he also was a running backs coach for Jim Harbaugh at Stanford at some point. I think that's right. Yeah, I think he was on that staff. Yeah, he'll maybe even a, maybe even a quarterbacks coach. He'll uh, he'll get to go be an offensive analyst for uh, for Michigan and, and and learn all about building culture. Come back a new man. I want, before anyone makes any major blue blood power five hires, I think they just need to give, give me a call and just, if, if they didn't get a chance to watch said coach on the coach's film room for the (laughs) national title game, give me a call, ask me how he did. If he did poorly, Maybe circle back and just dig a little more because Willie Taggart was never one of the more impressive guys on those. He just kind of didn't, you know, didn't, didn't add a whole lot from the X's and O's side of things, kind of just mumbling in the corner here and there. So, I, you know, I'm not saying that's the be all end all, but uh, hey, I, I would like my coach, my head coach, the leader of my program. To be a, to have a presence when he's in a room of alphas, and to be able to add, to to be a value add to that production. Uh, Willie Willie wasn't that guy. Okay, well now let's uh, let's turn our attention forward towards the future because Tom, you were uh, you were on it, and I, I man, I I did feel kind of bad. You know, we I, I cover the polls in the morning. <laughs> you know any any breaking news if it's happened overnight that falls on me and then after the uh the two polls are released and i get them up and we're done with that fire drill i pass the baton to tom and uh and i'm you know we're just on a nice uh you know 55 degrees and sunny walking through the neighborhood to the pharmacy to go pick some stuff up and walking back and 
Oh, goodness, Willie Taggart just got fired. So this fell at Tom's feet. You did a good job of rushing to uh, to pull it together, not only the breaking news post, but also a list of candidates, which you can find over on CBSSports.com. We also had uh, former Seminole Bryant McFadden responding on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, you can always watch that, CBSSportsHQ.com. So, Tom, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you get first crack at this. You got a chance to sort of look at the the full picture of of candidates available Put yourself in the position of Florida State first. Where do you think uh, this conversation starts? I mean, I think it would. I I included Urban Meyer on the list, not because I think that's going to be where they go or that would even be something that happened. I just feel like that's with Urban out there. I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't at least ask. But I don't think that's going to happen. There's Bob Stoops, which, you know. Again, that's another kind of pie in the sky. We've kind of talked about that, whether or not he's going to be interested in getting back at the college level. He's taken the job with the XFL's Dallas Renegades, but clearly coaching in the XFL versus running a college football program like Florida State, two very different tasks as far as your daily responsibilities go. I I think that the most realistic coach and the one that makes the most sense to me would be Bob's brother, Mark. Mark was the defensive coordinator at Florida State for three seasons before he left to take the Kentucky job. And as I mentioned with Taggart, I don't think Florida State is a program right now that's in a position where somebody can just step in and there's a quick fix. I think that this is a rebuild kind of situation, maybe not like a total gut and overhaul everything, but the kind of situation where you might have to swallow a couple six and six, seven and five seasons before things really get going. And I think if what you look at what Stoops has done at Kentucky, considering what he inherited there and what he's built it into, where last year it's winning 10 games, this year it's 4-4, four and four, despite the fact that it's got so many injuries that it's got a wide receiver playing quarterback for it right now. I think that he just makes so much sense for them, given his history as a coordinator at Florida State, given that he has Power 5 head coaching experience, and given his ability to show that he can build a program. Plus, looked it up, his buyout's only $1.75 million or so, and considering how much money Florida State just you know, splurged to get rid of Willie, they don't really probably don't have a ton of money left to be buying out a, co- a coach from a huge contract, so he seems to be affordable if you just look at it from that aspect. So I think, to me, that is the first most like of the likely targets. I think that's the one that makes the most sense for me. So I, I uh, wandered over to the, the Knowles two, four, seven board just to, 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 to get a little put the finger in the air, catch the, catch the vibe. They are, <laughs> I mean, did you like put on a fire suit or protective gear before you walked? No, I mean, it was, it was, it was, if anything, the, I mean, the, they're ready for this, but I will say they, and this is just my initial glance, the the tenor, the mood is not positive with regard to a Mark Stoops hire. That I that's not to say it won't. That I mean, I agree with everything. What was the tenor for the Taggart hire? Again, (laughs) I'm not arguing for or against it. I'm just saying the the board uh, is is for for whatever reason underwhelmed with the idea of Mark Stoops. Um, I think, I, I think you're right. I mean, and, and, you know, part of, part of like the knock from the board was like, oh, he's, we need someone who can recruit, yada, yada, yada. It's like, no, I don't think you guys understand. He has recruited really well at Kentucky. 
Mm-hmm. He is. He has actually been. That's been one of the drivers for that Kentucky program is recruiting the Midwest, altering the approach, getting guys from Ohio, uh, and and that's been. You know, he's not. He's not perfect. You know, he's. He didn't get Rondell Moore or Wandell Robinson, and uh, there's there's some others he's missed from in state. But um, I do think he. You know, he can recruit. So I I, I think that's a very I think that's a really good candidate. Um, I also think in the ACC, we, we just talked about him on the pod, on the reaction pod, Dave Clawson would be, would be like for a program that's just looking to get back to being competent, back to being relevant. Dave Clawson gives you probably the highest floor out there. Mm. Like there's no question you are going to find success and find discipline. The question is, I mean, you could question the ceiling, but that's uh, it's really less about that for me, more about because of the way Dave Clawson does it, redshirting all his players, building the thing slowly, but like in, in a meaningful, substantive way. I, I don't know if he's if he has the the magic wand to fix it quick enough to satisfy the fan base because it might not be fixed by a number two recruiting class. It might not be fixed by some instant offensive success or a big bunch of transfers coming in. It would be fixed by evaluating at a high level to hell with the rankings and then redshirting everybody. Um, so, and, and, I'll, and there's a bunch of names we can kind of go through, but I think in addition to those guys, and and PJ Fleck has been thrown out there. I think you guys mentioned Bob Stoops has been thrown out there. I think two other names that are worth discussing. One, this could be a big year for James Franklin's mm, contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he's at Penn State. He can stay at Penn State. He's a playoff contender. He's happy at Penn State. But I think James Franklin is calculating enough to where – he wants to go where he has the best chance at at winning national championships, multiple national championships, putting himself in that discussion of of one of the one of the few national championship coaches in college football. USC is obviously going to be on the table, assuming it makes a move with Clay Helton, and I can't imagine it won't. Florida State and and, and USC would be, I think, you know, easier path to championship. That is a recruiting juggernaut. You can recruit nationally, all that. And it's a, it's a fit for him personality-wise. But I also think Florida State, when you think, I mean, they're in the wrong side of the conference, certainly. But other than Clemson, the, it, you know, there's a lot of market share in the ACC. And I do think at it, right there in the middle of Pennsylvania and State College, I I would imagine James Franklin probably is still a little bit frustrated with the recruiting ceiling that's on Penn State. And I, I bet you he sort of thinks about Tallahassee and his, and his mouth starts watering a little bit about some of the, the, the talent he could bring into that place. So I think Franklin ha- could potentially have a, a nice little negotiation going between Penn State's USC and Florida State. You know, does Florida State have the money to go after him? Because obviously he'd be the most expensive name out there probably. And then the last name that I think would be a great candidate is Mike Norvell. 
who is an offensive guru who has consistent success despite the fact that every year he's got assistant coaches leaving to be coordinators, coordinators leaving to be power five coordinators, uh, you know, GAs leaving to be assistant coaches. Like he is, he has more than any other coach in the country, group of five or power five, he has this Midas touch where everyone he touches, other programs want. So he can't even keep his staff intact, but he's still winning eight, nine, ten games a year. He also can recruit really well, and he is a guy that has coached in the West Coast. He's coached in the Southeast. He played his ball, I think, at Central Arkansas. He is very much a chameleon in terms of his his ability to to recruit. He's a he is a uh, he is a detailed you know personality that works there. And I think probably as as important as anything. He has one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. And Florida State maybe the 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 death knell for Willie Taggart was the fact that he you know maybe if he had an, not not maybe I think if he had inherited a good offensive line, maybe even an average offensive line. Not to say he would have he would have been the next great coach at Florida State, but I bet he would have made it through year 2. Oh yeah, for sure. So you need an offensive line fix. And I think that Mike Norvell would be able to bring that with him in his offensive line coach, whose who's name is Ryan Silverfield. Do you think that? Do you think that Mike Norvell, um, PJ Fleck, less so Dave Clawson, but like, do you think that the idea of going back to the well of an offensive leaning coach could be a misstep? Because when I don't think the offensive line and I don't think the quarterback are going to be fixed. And that's what almost attracts me more. Uh, We mentioned Mark Stoops already. And I don't know if he would leave, but make a run at Brent Venables. Just like, just go and see if this is the one. Because uh, you would think that he'd want to stay there. His his son's on the team right now. He's, He's loving every bit of being able to coach this team up. But if he's... If he's got head coach aspirations and if he's been looking at Florida State on tape for all these years and thinking about all the different talent, like I wonder if when you're looking at what is going to bring us the the closest thing to 9 and 3. Like I don't think that uh, 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 is going to happen immediately no matter who the coach is, but part of me wonders if you if you lean more towards the idea of shoring up the defensive side of the football you understand that the offensive line and the quarterback are going to take multiple recruiting cycles to be able to get it into championship caliber. You can at least get yourself from five and seven, six and six to nine and three by being able to make sure that your defense isn't underperforming. Well, I, I think to me, it's not about offense or defense. To me, if I'm Florida State, I am hiring a coach that I am confident is fully equipped to handle all that goes into being a head coach. Willie Taggart just looked overwhelmed from the jump as a head coach. And that means hiring staff. That means recruiting properly. I mean, the guy didn't have a – he went two recruiting classes without a quarterback. I mean, there there is the, – the, the, the penalties, they're one of the most penalized team in the country, two years running. Um, so there's a lot that needs to be fixed, so much so – that to me, it's not about offense, not about defense. It's about culture. A head, a guy in the head coach chair. Yeah. And so, you know, Brent Venables to me is is a bigger gamble than someone like Mike Norvell. 
mm. uh, because he's never been a head coach. And and all all we hear about Brent Venables is how he is a coordinator personality. It's like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like, that sounds like something. That sounds like something I don't want to take a take a flyer on if I if I'm trying to steady this ship, this this battleship that that we got to get turned around. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, I don't he's I a, don't care about like background. I just want somebody who knows what they're doing and can recruit. They call Brent Venables a, co- a coordinator personality because if they trotted him out there for regular Tuesday availability, he would be like, we got no coverage. <laughs> Brent Venables needs a get back man for his uh, postgame press conferences. <laughs> That's why. Ah, I'm glad we cracked it. Well, all right. So may- maybe this is. The, maybe this is the Mike Norvell spot. Maybe this is the Mike Norvell year, right? Because we just sit around, we throw out his name as one of the top group of five coaches, and then it doesn't seem to surface. What do you think the Knowles 247 uh, board would be talking about Mike Norvell? I don't know. I mean, I tweeted I, I tweeted uh, a, a tweet-sized version of, of what I just sort of expressed. And I mean, a lot of the, the responses to, to me are, are, are positive from the Noel Twitterverse. And he was on the, the hot board that uh, Brendan Sinone put together for the FSU board. Um, but I, I still, I mean, look, that's a suggestion. It still feels like that won't be where Florida State goes. I, I think right now what's happening with Mike Norvell is the last round of hires when the Chad Morrises of the world got scooped up and you know Jeremy Pruitt's starting to look better now, but he sort of got passed over. Um, I think there's some regret there as he and 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 maybe maybe it's best for him because now you know, the way they're playing this year, maybe he emerges as sort of this the, the premier group of five name this year. Um, now that we have a big domino, um, but. I, I I don't that this that's why I'm pretty fascinated by this search. I don't really I don't know that there's this time around because last time it was Willie Taggart one A one B. This time around, I'm not really sure what direction Florida State's going to go here. All right, so now the uh, let's before we get out of here, and I, I appreciate y'all taking some time out of your Sunday to do this. Let's let's turn the tables around and let's let's take the position of a candidate. What kind of job do you think Florida State is? I think it's a job I want. I mean, it's not it's not a quick fix, like I've said, but it won a national title seven years ago. It's won numerous national titles in its history. It's a premier program in the Power Five. It's it's not a stepping stone. It's where you go, and then you spend the rest of your career there if you can, unless you're Jimbo. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know the the level of dysfunction within the administration and between the uh, the boosters and the president's office and athletics office and all that. I, I don't, I'm not. Well, we've had a change in athletic director. And again, if Schleyball's reporting is to be believed, it sounds like they did a good job of coordinating with the boosters on this. Yeah. I mean, but I, I guess assuming taking that out of it, yeah, this is one of the best jobs in the country. Still is. It's it, this is this is this is a job you can win a national title at. This is a job you can win multiple national titles at. There's nothing about Florida State now 
out that makes it any less appealing than it was in its heyday in like the late nineties. Uh, I mean that there might be, you know, there, there might be, you could poke probably a couple small holes in that, whether it's, you know, facility comparisons or, you know, Clemson's rise or whatever. But I, I, I believe the ceiling is as high as ever just based on conference you're in the, the fan base, the location, Florida state, absolutely can get back. I think they could get, get, get back quickly. You can, I mean, th- it's not hard to recruit to that program. So, um, yeah, that, that's why, like, to me, that's why, like, when you look at a guy like James Frankie, why would he ever leave Penn State? You know, he's a Penn, Pennsylvania native. I mean, I just think it's about, if, you, if you're a coach that wants to win a national title, Florida State's one of the, one of the ten, maybe one of the five. I don't know what you, wh- where you put the limit, but that's one of the, you know, the top tier of programs you can win a title at. Mm. Uh, Tom, any final words? Uh, sorry, Willie. Mm. Yeah. You got 17 million. To, yeah. I know uh, I, 20 bucks. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that jerk. That's just like, well, I mean, you know, he'll be okay. Cause this is, this was his, a job that, you know, he had fantasized about and was hoping that it would work out, but Turn right there. Terminated contract. That means every dollar that buyout is owed, and he'll receive it. So, uh, I there's I, a hu- there's a human element of this that g- always gets overlooked in these. I think it's probably important to always sort of um, acknowledge that. And I and I, I I'll reiterate. While he was not an impressive coach, and it didn't look like it was the right fit, and was it not going to work? I believe. Year two is too early. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you got to give a coach three years. And I will also say this for whoever they do end up hiring, I hope it works simply because for the good of the sport, it would be nice if Florida State was back to being Florida State and then presented a real you know, challenger to, to Clemson in the ACC right now because the ACC season is boring for the most part. As far as, you know, we, we already know who's going to win the conference. We know who's going to be its playoff participant. I would like there to be somebody in that conference capable of making it interesting. I agree 100%. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.